But they did not believe the women because the words they spoke seemed like nonsense to them. I wonder for some of you here whether that's how it feels to think about the resurrection. It just feels like absolute nonsense. Uh, But I believe it's more than that. And I know there's a number of people here who believe it's so much more than that. Let's just pray as we reflect on that. Father, thank you. Thank you that Jesus is who he says he is. Thank you that Jesus is alive. And we celebrate that this Sunday and ask that you'd make him known to us this morning. Amen. Because the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the single most important event in history, I believe. Uh, Firmly believe it's the single most important event in history. And it's something that stands central to the Christian faith and to the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, We all know that the cross is really important to us, that the cross is central to the fact that that we are saved because of what Jesus did on the cross, that by his wounds we are healed, we are forgiven, we are free. And we are so grateful for that as we uh, were reflecting on on Good Friday in a number of different ways. But as I said at the beginning, the word empty is so important. The fact that there is an empty tomb where Jesus once lied is central to our faith, our trust, our hope in who Jesus says he is as the son of God, as the one who came to set us free and give us life. It is what makes being a disciple of Jesus more than just a hobby. It's not something we do just for fun. Following Jesus is our everything, is our all in all, is our life because he is alive. It's what makes him worth following in the first place because what's the sense of being the disciple of someone who's dead? But we're not. We're disciples of someone who is alive because Jesus is alive because of that first Easter Sunday where he was risen from the dead. I saw a picture which I was going to share on the screen but couldn't get it on about pointless things in life. And sometimes you see these things that are completely pointless like a gate that is set where there should be a fence but there is no fence. Completely pointless. Uh, I heard someone once say that if you think your job is pointless, uh, remember there is somebody whose job it is to design indicators for BMWs. Uh, Now I don't know how you feel about things that are pointless but there are lots of things that are pointless. And one of the things in the scripture that's in Roman Empire at the time of Jesus was most pointless was putting guards on a tomb of Jesus the son of God because if he was going to raise from the dead he's going to raise from the dead regardless of what barriers you tried to put in place Jesus is alive he rose from the dead and the resurrection reminds us that the good news of Jesus doesn't begin and end with the problem of our sin and the solution of the cross if it began and end with the problem and the solution of the cross good friday would be enough but it doesn't creation begins with life God creating life and sharing that life with us And asking us and inviting us to be and to reign and to rule over that life with him. And we know we messed it up. So we know we need the cross in order to make that relationship right and restore that relationship to us again. But we also need the resurrection to get us back to life. To bring us back to that life that he invited us into in the first place, in the beginning. When you look at the first three chapters of Genesis, what you have is God creating life, our disobedience leading to death. What you have in the three days of Easter is the obedience of Jesus leading to death 
and the resurrection of Jesus leading us back to life. It's the creation story in reverse. That we have life in all its fullness. It's through the resurrection of Jesus that we remember that Jesus did not come to make bad people better. He came to make dead people alive. Because we were dead in our transgressions, in the things that we did that caused us to walk away from God. That when we think we have freedom because we're choosing to live life however we want, we think that's freedom. That is not freedom. That holds us captive to the world. But Jesus has come that we may have true freedom and it can only be found in the one who sets us free through the cross and through his resurrection, the one who is alive. Paul wrote about it in the letter of Ephesians and he talked about the fact that we were once dead in our transgressions and he talks about what it is we're saved from and how significant it is that Jesus did what he did on the cross but also how significant it is that he rose from the dead. I'm just going to read from Ephesians chapter 2 and I know some of these words may seem a little bit a bit strong and maybe a bit difficult to hear but just listen to the words of hope that come as a result of them because this is to remind us what it is Jesus came to do to set us free from and you were dead in the trespasses and sins those sins sin is described in the bible as missing the mark that where we get it wrong where we don't quite live how God intended for us to live and you were dead in those sins in which you once walked following the course of this world following the prince of the power of the air and the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh carrying out the desires of the body and the mind were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved and he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus Jesus did not come to make bad people better he came to make dead people alive to give us life in all its fullness and this isn't just a a thing for eternity for when we die life in all its fullness begins today when you say yes to Jesus it's not about getting away from hell it's about getting into life with Jesus life with the one who came that we may have life in order to restore that relationship we had with God in the beginning to give us that life, to rule and to reign with him as we were always intended to do. The good news of Jesus does not start with the problem of sin, it begins with life. And the resurrection of Jesus shows that God has come to bring us that life again and his return shows us that it's life eternal. We can have life because he is alive. And the disciples of Jesus, those early apostles, those first followers, risked their lives defending that truth. They did not risk their lives defending the truth that Jesus died on the cross because many people saw that happen. They risked their lives defending the truth that they believed he was still alive. Because the fact that he's still alive means that he's still Lord and King. And that's what made them countercultural because they wouldn't bow down to other kings of this world because their king Jesus was still alive. It was defending the truth of the resurrection that kept them 
defending that faith, defending that and risking their lives for that truth. And that's summed up best in Paul's letter to the Corinthian church. In 1 Corinthians 15, often described as the best summary of the good news of Jesus in scripture. It is a beautiful summary of how good it is that Jesus came to this world. And in that, he does talk about the cross. He talks about the importance of the good news of Good Friday, about the fact that we need the cross in order to be forgiven. We need the cross in order for Jesus to pay the price for the things that we've done wrong, so that by his will, wounds we can be healed Paul spends four words no ten words talking about that he then spends 54 verses talking about the resurrection of Jesus 54 verses talking about the resurrection of Jesus I'm just going to read just some of them for you now so 1 Corinthians 15 now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead How can some of you say that there's no resurrection of the dead? But if there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testify about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise if it, is not, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. You can see Paul's kind of making a point here, saying it a few times over. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. You realise how central the resurrection is not only to our life but also even to our forgiveness then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished if in Christ we have hope it is this life only we are people most to be pitied but in fact Christ has been raised from the dead the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep Christ has been raised from the dead and so for us as in Adam all die so also in Christ all shall be made alive. In Christ, all shall be made alive. If you want to know what it is to truly be alive, seek Jesus. If you want to know what real life is like, it's found in him and him alone, the one who is alive. And Paul goes on to say these incredible words that show how central it is to us as Christians today. So is it with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, but it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, but it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, that is Jesus Christ, became a life-giving spirit. If you want life, it's found in the risen Jesus. And I believe that the life that Jesus offers is life in all its true fullness. To be really alive is to know Jesus. And nothing this world offers can compare to the life that he offers. Nothing. Many people have tried over many years to find something that compares to him. And nothing does. 
In all the years I've known him and followed him, I've never found anything more worth knowing and following than Jesus. Never. And I don't think I ever will. In fact, I know I never will. Because he's come to give life. We are thankful for the cross, but our faith is centered around the fact that Jesus is alive and he's here. He's our Lord, our King, and we worship him. And the life he offers is a life of abundance. You may remember earlier, I mentioned the disappointment of Smarties Easter eggs and how they are full of disappointment because their idea of full is very different to my idea of full. If it was up to me, they'd look a little bit more like this. If you got one of those this morning, I'm sorry to disappoint you, it will not look like that. But abundant life is what Jesus came to give us, to restore us back to the life that was always intended in creation. Yes, he does forgive us. Yes, we need that forgiveness. Yes, we need to turn to him and show that we're sorry for the things we've done wrong in our lives. Yes, we need to say sorry for the fact that we've chosen to walk our own ways rather than his ways. But as we do so, we are looking and turning towards a resurrected Jesus who has come that we may have life and have it in all its fullness. You find it in him and in him alone because he is alive we can be alive you can be alive alleluia christ is risen he is risen indeed alleluia